0: outside? Should I run and hide? How do I take my company worldwide? Do you love the law? Did you watch Hee Haw? What's the weirdest thing that you ever saw? What's it like in court? Favorite sport? Can you help with my book report? Is my hair too long? Am I right or wrong? And do you mind if I sing along to anything? Ask Alan anything in the world?
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask Alan the Podcast. I'm Alan Crone the CEO of the Crown Law Firm, and I have a monumental game-changing idea. We're actually going to ask Alan in this episode of Ask Alan, the podcast. And to do that is uh, Carol Coletta, who's riding high uh, this week on the opening of uh, the new Tom Lee Park, the new and improved Tom Lee Park on the riverfront. She is the president of uh, the Memphis Parks partnership and uh Memphis River parks partnership excuse me and uh that that group uh which full disclosure I'm on their board have been for a number of years uh is doing great things uh on the riverfront and Carol uh called up and said hey I want to do uh, ask Alan but I want to ask Alan some questions so I think we're going to talk about the riverfront not sure exactly what Carol's going to ask me but uh, Carol Coletta wants to ask me questions, I am gonna answer them. So uh, that's my promise today, I will answer the questions. I don't know how I, well, I don't know how truthfully, but I will I will have an answer. Carol, hello and welcome to the program.
0: Thank you and thank you for giving me the opportunity, Alan, to ask you questions. Uh, sounds like you're going to uh, not be held to what you might say on the stand,
1: <laughs> Can you
0: tell I've been watching Suits? Uh, I'm on season eight. I'm in a, in a, you know, like I've become addicted. But um, I am, uh, first of all, talking to you this week is really exciting because I think without you and without your leadership on the Riverfront uh, steering committee that produced the concept we would not be opening Tom Lee this week. So again, kudos to you for your leadership um, under the uh, uh, under the umbrella of uh, our mayor, Jim Strickland, who asked you to take that role on. And uh, we were excited you did. And I think we've come to a good place. But as you know and I know, we are not done yet. There's lots more to do. And including that thing that sits outside your window and mine, called Mud Island. So you also stepped up and co-chaired a task force that we put together on Mud Island and its future to explore the possible future options. Lots of people have ideas for Mud Island, um, but I think you bring a particular, uh, again, point of view and expertise because you dug, dug very deeply on Mud Island because almost eight years ago, when Jim Strickland was just uh, assuming his role as mayor, he gave you responsibility for Mud Island and said, what do we do with this? Again, there were big ideas in play at the time. Uh, Eight years ago, everybody was like, what do we do? What do we do? And um, it became your responsibility and one of your early ones uh, in that administration. What was your assessment Alan of Mon Island and its its opportunities and um and its strengths and its weaknesses at the time
1: well at the time I think people have to understand uh we were we were all brand new to city government um you know it it was uh, it in in it was at that point in time where we were still uh, learning the ropes um you know, what our roles were, what uh, uh, a lot of things were. So, you know, Mud Island was tough because we came in, in the middle of a process. Uh, the uh, At that time, your organization was called the Riverfront Development Corporation. And they had put out, right before the election, they had put out a, an RFP, a request for proposals on Mud Island. And they got back a whole bunch of, of proposals, uh, some of which were half-baked, some of which were um, we're actually pretty uh, detailed. Um, Andy Cates had a had a very good proposal um, for using most of the island. And um, just to be honest with you, I think it, speaking for myself, I think we as an administration were a little overwhelmed by uh, all of the possibilities at that point, and we really didn't feel like we understood Mud Island or the, all the issues or the riverfront. And, um, so to be honest with you, we kind of, we kind of took a pass and, you know, that may not have been a, a great service to some of the folks involved in that some, I'll just say some of those proposals were just cut and paste of, of, uh, of images from all over the country. You know, they basically said, Hey, we'll come and do this. If you city of Memphis subsidize it. Um, there were some that were very well thought out again, I come back to Andy Kate's uh, proposal for, um uh, ecotourism uh on the island and um and so you know, at that point, we just kind of wanted to take a step back and and you know we wanted to do it right, and I think one of the first things that uh came to me as part of that whole situation is that as a as a community, I think we were trying to uh, retro create a uh, you know, a facility that existed at one point uh, and maybe didn't exist as in as great a state as everybody remembers it uh, existing. And um, but just uh, be honest with you from the from the administration's uh, position, we really didn't get a whole lot of traction because uh, there was no vision for what to do with Mud Island and it just kind of sits there. Um, you know, as you say at that time, my office was on the the west side of city hall, and I looked right at I had these nice windows, and I looked right at at it all day every day, and it was clear that something had to be done um but we really were at a loss for exactly what to do.
0: Andy Kate's idea seemed to be unfairly caught up in this meme about yurts, um, and I never quite understood that. I mean, it it uh, it just got reduced to some kind of silly, unfamiliar word and didn't sound like it belonged in Memphis. But in some ways, I think back, I wasn't here living here full time at the time, but it feels to me like um, it was sort of an unfair dismissal of the idea publicly. And as I think back on it, his approach, as you said, was was interesting, was a good one and perhaps could have worked. Uh, But it's not the only big idea that you dealt with uh, in uh, the Strickland administration regarding Mud Island because I know that you spent um, a a good bit of time sort of pursuing an idea that I think came to you on an aquarium for Mount Island, made big headlines in the in front page of the newspaper, front you know, front front page online. And um, tell me a little bit about that because you and I have never talked about the kind of backstory on that one. Did it come to you? And why did you think that might be uh, an idea worth pursuing?
1: Well, that was an idea that had its genesis in the Greensward controversy to be uh, uh because we the were looking
0: at, the, at Overton Park
1: yeah we were looking at the zoo and there was a group of us who said hey there's a whole quadrant of the zoo uh that hasn't had any expansion and there's a, an aquarium right in the middle of it and uh, Abe plow had had uh, uh given that aquarium to to the city and there were a little, some strings on it. But it, it if you've been to it, um, it uh, it's not a great aquarium. I mean, it probably was in the I guess the 30s when it was developed, or the 40s when it was developed. But um, if you if you took the aquarium out of the zoo, that would open up that whole quadrant for all kinds of development, which would take some pressure off of the the old growth forest and some of the other places where the zoo. I don't want to say wanted to expand, but were natural areas of expansion for the zoo. So the idea was, well, let's, let's take that aquarium and, and put it downtown. And, uh, that's how we started talking about an aquarium. And then the whole idea of lots of glass and being able to have an aquarium that looks out onto the river and, um, you know, that kind of captures the imagination, right? So, um, At that time, the zoo was not that interested in in that idea. And uh, a group of people uh, who uh, were proponents of of the aquarium came forward, some local folks and some international folks. Um, And there was a thought that uh, private industry would be able to move the aquarium forward and that it wouldn't have to be heavily subsidized by the, the city. I think two things happened. One, I think um, the folks who would have been running it looked at the logistics of it. And as you know, and that a lot of people may not really appreciate the problem with, with Mud Island is that it's so close to downtown yet so far away. And it's the logistics of getting people there and promoting it, um, really, I think added to the cost of operation, added to the cost of building. And that went from a, a almost in one meeting, it went from a situation where everybody was talking about, you know, all we would really need to do was provide a ground lease and a few things to, well, the city's going to have to come forward with a lot more resources than, than we really felt like we had one or two years into the Strickland administration. And, you know, that was before uh, um the accelerate Memphis idea. It was before a lot of other ideas we came uh that the administ- I say we that the administration came up with under uh Mayor Strickland's leadership to kind of create some money, but um uh it it just wasn't again, it was really my first uh my first full submersive look at the logistical problems with Mud Island and where it is, um, and kind of underscored the 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 problems inherent in making it a what I'll call a citywide or regional uh attraction or uh sphere of influence.
0: And you know, in terms of the aquarium, when you talk about it. Um, the the logistical problems of getting to the island. There are also the logistical problems of getting to the end of the island because the aquarium sort of started on the end of the island, the south end of the island, and then pulled pulled up, you know, through the northern part of the island. But it's a long way from uh, where you come into the island, whether you're parking or whether you're coming over on the walk bridge, to get to the South end and in the heat we've just had over the last month, it would be a miserable journey. Um, and you know, the same is true in, in colder weather, uh, because Memphis don't dress for cold. And so it, it's an interest. It, it's, it is a, it is a beautiful, beautifully situated piece of real estate. But like you said, it comes with a set of, of challenges that I don't believe people, It's easy to forget those challenges or it's easy not to understand those challenges unless you have to operate the place, you know, in, since Mud Island was opened in 1982 there, I think there's always been this tension between Mud Island, which was designed to be a park, you know, a city park, volunteer park. Um, And, and it's sort of, early operation as more of a theme park you know you pay admission to come in when you pay admission you're going to get to ride this monorail and then you get to go in this museum and then you get to see a little show you know on Mark Twain or Elvis Presley or whatever impersonators at the amphitheater so it was always um, sort of theme park without a theme park program sort of theme park program, you know, sort of uh, cobbled onto a park design. And that tension has really never been resolved. And the future is quite unclear. Lots of people, as you say, have ideas for Mudd Island. How should, in your opinion, how should those ideas, Alan, be judged, be evaluated?
1: Well, I think uh, the, the word I've used throughout this process has been sustainability. You've got to have something that that is self-sustaining, or a group of uses that um, are interconnected and sustaining. I'll give you an example. Uh, in 2015, uh, the city was in the the last throes of the first attempt to redevelop the uh, old fairgrounds. Uh, into a tourist development zone as part of the Midtown Tourist Development Zone. And there was lots of controversy and um, a lot of people didn't really understand. I didn't understand fully at the time why the thing was done the way it was. You know, remember there was, there were these proposals to putting a shopping center and then a sports facility. And well, why the shopping center? Well, the, the reason was you had to do something that would generate money to create the increment for the tourist development zone. And uh, the housing and community development uh, department had a knack for just assuming a certain level of uh, commercial economic activity and then bonding that assumption and, and moving forward. Well, for a lot of reasons, I didn't gain traction. And towards the end of 2015, I guess it was in the summer of 2015, the Urban um, Land Institute came and did a charrette uh, for, uh, you know, for, for redeveloping the fairgrounds. And I was on the city council at the time and I went to the meeting where they unveiled everything. And it was just this potpourri of, well, wouldn't it be great? You know, uh, I remember very clearly a wave pool at one end and some, uh baseball uh, diamonds, and it was just all sorts of things, the hotel kind of in the middle of it. Just essentially what the Urban Land Institute did was they got a bunch of Memphians together and said, what would be good? What would you like to see on the fairgrounds? Well, people said what they would like to see without regard to whether or not it could be sustainable. Fast forward to what Strickland did with the fairgrounds is it's now Liberty Park. It's going to have a renovated Liberty Stadium in it. It's he built the uh, the youth sports facility, which is going to generate tons and tons of tourism. That it's going to outdraw the the projections are. It's going to outdraw Graceland in 2024. That there will be a million people come to that facility. And then on the other uh, on the on the, the north end of Liberty Park will be. Uh, this commercial development that has um, has uh uses such as bars, restaurants, some retail, hotel, residential, to support the activity at the youth sports facility and at the Liberty stadium. And if, if they build the um, soccer stadium uh, in Liberty park as, as well, all of that is going to exist together. It, it complements uh, each other, and uh, it's a full use. It's a consistent full use of that of that footprint, and and will spawn development uh, uh, around it, north, south, east, and, and west. It's going to be good for Cooper Young. It's going to be good for um, uh, Orange Mound and and uh, uh, the other areas immediately around it. So, why do I bring that up? Well, I think that's the that ought to be the model for what we do with mud island it's essentially uh for the Ru- mud island uh theme park it's essentially 52 acres of land from roughly the 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 de soto bridge to the southern tip and whatever we do ought to have a i call it the 52 acre solution there ought to be a solution that uses every you know every square inch of that land some of it needs to be public there needs to be public access and part of it needs to be uh low maintenance parkland. Uh but let's let's develop it in a way that's similar, where all of the uses are are complementary and uh, uh reflect one another and uh, amplify one another and um and maybe make it a little more um regional in the sen- or sub-regional in the sense that it it deals with that Wolf River Harbor um on the east and west side of Wolf River Harbor, going from the Wolf River down to the southern tip of Mud Island. Um and I say, think Harbortown. I mean, Harbortown, um, at the time it was developed, was a great out-of-the-box thinking kind of thing. And it takes advantage of the isolation that that area has. It's you know, it's near downtown, but it's not of downtown. Um, and so some extension of that sort of development, maybe an extension of the Snuff District or whatever's going to go on on the east side of Mount Island. But we ought to be thinking about it in that terms rather than just saying, oh, wouldn't it be great to put a wave pool on mud island or wouldn't it be great to put um, you know what whatever it is um, it's one thing to think of it is another thing to operate it and so um, I, I uh, some I can talk about some I can't talk about but there have been what I the first four years of the Strickland administration I was involved in four different um, efforts uh, plus the uh, aquarium to to do something And these were serious people with serious capital and they all had these ideas and they came and they looked and for whatever reason, um, their uses just didn't make sense to them as business people. And so, you know, I think anything you do now there, I think we need to be disciplined and, um, wait on that, on that right development, just like we did in West Tennessee with Blue Oval, um, you know, that's a big success right now, but it wasn't that long ago that people in the legislature and other places were saying that it's a waste of money. It's let's just forget about it. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that the right the right uh, developer or the right use has to come along. And I think that's the thing uh, for Mud Island is we you know, you could spend a 100 literally I think you could spend a 100 million dollars on Mud Island and still not have a, uh, a sustainable um, operation there. Uh, and, and you know, not even have a uh, a gold-plated white elephant. I mean, I, I think it, there are lots and lots of money that needs to be spent uh, just to bring what's there back up to um, a, a serviceable extent. Uh, and if if the city were going to spend a hundred million dollars on Mud Island, you would want it to be world cl- uh, world-class something. And um, I, I, right now, that I just don't see that as a a possibility
0: you know you said um three things that i think are important one is the point you just made mud island is going to cost a lot more than people think it will number two um the the you have to lean into what i call the awareness of mud island because the awareness, as harbortown has proven can be a wonderful thing you know when you go over the aw willis bridge you really feel like you you're on vacation and uh you're living right near downtown right near saint jude research hospital and all kinds of job opportunities uh the medical district but you're away and that's a lovely feeling and uh, you can't fight the lack of access on my island you have to say how do we make that an asset for this for whatever idea comes along and I think the third point you make which for me was you I heard you make this a couple weeks ago in a conversation and I think it's a really interesting and new provocation on the table and that is think about the context of the harbor uh, because now that things are beginning to happen on the harbor the mayor got state funds to build the to build a number of docks. There's federal funds to build the dock at the bottom of the cobblestones. We're redoing the cobblestones. There's the lake project that the state has begun to provide some funding for at Saffron's and going north. That all of a sudden, the contact, and then you've got Tom Lee right at the mouth of the harbor. And so all of a sudden, you know, they're in, and Brooks, right, sitting up above the harbor, you know, at Union. So all of a sudden, you've got a very different, context for mud island and i think that's a that's a new point uh you know it it used to feel like mud island was something yes to be treated as a 50 needs a 52 acre solution but is doesn't have to quite relate to anything else and you're talking about the harbor as context for mud island i think that's a really interesting new Thought. i would argue that nothing should be on mud island that should be that could be downtown you know i've i've made that point i uh, i don't know if you, you you may disagree with me alan but you know our downtown still needs to become much more robust than it is uh, there are lots of you know we we've, we've got a lot of vacant land we've got streets that are empty uh we've got things that are not quite in the right place and need to be you know, densified, if you will, or certainly need to be upgraded. I would put Beale Street in that category, um, and so you think you don't want to do anything over there that you could do over here. But I think that that begins to suggest a collection of uses over there that again you can't do, can't be done in downtown in the same way. So it's it's interesting this and and how patient. Okay, it's a political. You know this. I I know this every day. Uh, you know, you need to, you need to do something with mud island. You need to get that, get that amphitheater up and running. And, um, it's, it's very hard to get people to be patient. Uh, you're much more the politician than I am. How do you get people to be patient?
1: I I, I don't know. I think that's the, the, that is the flaw in my argument, uh, because you can, you can be say, be patient about blue oval when it's out in the middle of nowhere, and it really isn't costing anybody any money. Uh, but I do cost money. And it, you know, it's it's in this limbo state where it's you know, it's a drain, but at the same time, um it's not doing anything. So I I I think what I think the first step is uh people will be patient if they agree that this is the way to go, if they see the wisdom in the 52 acre solution and they have confidence that uh, somebody, whether it's the partnership, the city, uh, the chamber, uh, state legislature, Santa Claus, whoever it might be, that somebody is working on this, you know, and that, that there is something going on. And that's why I say you shouldn't uh, preclude, you know, short-term uses of the property spur interest in it but um but you know it's you know as as months and years go on and nothing changes then i think people justifiably say well okay what you know that's this isn't working we need to come up with something so um i I think you got to be patient but at the same time those of us who are responsible for making the, the needle move need to need to make the needle move and um uh you know, but again, I, you, said, you said something that you're much closer to than I am, that um, people just have no idea what kind of money they're talking about. Uh, I think, you know, most of my friends say, well, you know, it's just put, put a you know, a coat of paint and, you know, some Bondo out there and that, that amphitheater be fine. Um, well, it you know, it's not. I mean, there's probably about $20 million worth of, of work that has to be done in the walls, you know, I mean, you're not talking about building anything new or making any seats new. You're just talking about $20 million of deferred maintenance and, and decay that's going on over there for the last 40 years. Uh, that's before you do anything uh, cosmetic. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure you could, uh, you know, if you think about that amphitheater, it is kind of perched on the edge. One of the things that makes it nice is it's on the edge of the island and it looks towards the mainland. And that's what everybody talks about. Uh, well, that makes it a tough venue because uh, in 1980, uh, you know, James Taylor could walk out there with a with a a, a stool, put it down, and and start playing his music, and uh, and that's that was a concert. Well, now even James Taylor needs two or three uh, uh, semi trucks full of equipment and whatnot to do a concert. Well, you can't back up. One uh semi-trailer, much less two or three at a time, it's just the whole infrastructure is uh I mean what other venue uh is 40 years old and still in use in the in the even the Orpheum has had a couple of of uh back backstage uh uh upgrades since it was redone uh in, in the 80s so that's just one example of something that yeah, oh, it'd be great to have a great uh uh venue there uh in in theory but who's gonna subsidize you know uh there's not a single there's not a single uh venue like that including the forum including the orpheum including uh uh snowden grove and and all that, that that don't operate at some sort of uh operating uh uh deficiency and uh and they're all subsidized by somebody. And I've seen the city's budget. There there isn't, you know, millions of dollars that's just sitting there that can be used to, uh, to subsidize something like that, that we don't need to for repaving the streets or paying for police officers or fire departments or other parks, or just all of the things that people want their, their government to do. So I think that's going to, that really will force hopefully people to be patient until they can, until we can really come up with the, with the right answer.
0: All right. One more question, Alan, you've told me what we can't do, right. Or you have told, you told me about the constraints. What can we do? What do you see as next, a positive next step to show, to show and to, um, to show progress and to get us to a, a good future for Mud Island.
1: Well, I think we need to speak with one voice about Mud Island, um, you know, whether it's the partnership, which probably right now is contractually obligated to uh, I mean, you're the person that's supposed to wake up every morning, among other things, worried about Mud Island. Um, and so uh, you know, the partnership probably needs to put together a a, a program to start marketing ideas uh, of a of a holistic uh, nature. Uh, it would be nice, I don't think this is going to happen, but it would be nice if there was some discussion of Mud Island uh, during during the city elections, both at the city council level and, and the mayoral level, to try to get some sort of consensus on what what we should do. And uh, I think as people come to us with solutions, we need to say, okay, how does this fit into a 52-acre use of, of Mud Island? And, you know, I think, and, and I think you've got to ask, a potential developer, right. How much money are you going to put up? Because there are a lot of people that say, well, yeah, you give me the the amphitheater and you spend $20 million on it. And you know, you operate it and I'll book, I'll book the, the get, the, the action I'll take 15% off the top. Um, well, yeah, sign me up for that with no risk and a reward, but, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be something that's sustainable. And, um, you know, I think you could continue the development the uh, the the residential and commercial development that's going on at the North End. You could bring that through. There's been some talk of of trying to find a, a, a corporate use for it, maybe a you know uh, some large uh, uh, new age or new uh, gig economy kind of employer um to put a uh, a signature uh, business campus out there. Uh, we've talked, there's been some talk about, uh, uh university putting a, a water studies facility out there. I mean, there are all kinds of things that could, that could happen, but I think the idea of it being a tourist attraction is an idea for yesterday. Um, and I think the future is something more localized, sustainable and, um, Maybe at a at a at a lesser scale than some of the, the ways we've kind of come to think about Rhode Island.
0: Yeah, I you know I, one thing you said just to emphasize this, Alan. Um, you're right. I think we've been constrained by it's uh, a re, it's it's 1982 uh, reality of it was for tourists and it really wasn't designed for tourists. But it became necessary when when we were going through the inflationary period and costs rose so so high on the island. and it's like, oh, we've got to you know, we've got to show that it produces revenue. Um but I think to 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 make the changes we need to make, you're right. The money probably won't come from government, therefore, uh, and I don't think it will come from philanthropy. I think you've you've really got to have some commercial or institutional investment. And so, you know, um, so to be continued, um because that is, uh, you, you know it's it's big enough, you can't ignore it. It's out there. Um, and it's a it's such an intriguing, difficult, but intriguing piece of property that really, in so many ways, is unmatched. So, I look forward to working with you uh, on the future of Mud Island and hope we can come up with something as um, as powerful as Blue Oval has been in West Tennessee. That would be great to anchor the front door of our city.
1: It would. It would. It, it'll work out. It all works out. Uh, there's a great, um, great movie, uh, Shakespeare in Love. And uh, if you ever watch that movie, one of the characters is the producer, the guy who runs the theater and uh, director and he always says, well, it's going to work out. And they say, well, how do you know? He says, it's a mystery. <laughs> and he just, it's a mystery. And if you've ever been involved in the theater, you, that, that's even funnier than than you think. Um, but it will, it'll work out uh, somehow, but we've, we've, we've all got to be intentional about it. And, and I appreciate what you've done uh, on the river. And I've just enjoyed being, um, kind of having a front row seat for it and doing what I can. Because uh, the riverfront in downtown is so important to Memphis. And even if you even if you live out in the eastern part of the city or the county and you really you know it's not part of your day to day um it's just like when you think of New York, you think of Manhattan when you think of St Louis, you think of the arch when you think of uh Seattle, you think of the space needle uh when you think of Memphis, you think of Beale Street and the river and uh and barbecue uh so it's it's important for our national our national brand um and it's also important to have place places that belong to all of us not just you know part of us and and the riverfront and downtown certainly belong to everybody in the city
0: yeah well thank you for letting me take your chair today i enjoyed uh asking questions. Questions are us. I love questions. So uh, and you are always uh, you're always so quotable and you are so smart about um, the way government, what the role of government is and how government can play at the table without necessarily bringing all the money and all the you know, all the direction to, uh, a project and Mud Island in a lot of ways, I think looking back on it suffers from being an all government, um, uh, entity. And I respect government. I like you was in government. Um, in fact, I was in government when Mud Island was conceived, but, um, it's, um, it's, it's, a uh, it's one of the great, as you said, it's a mystery, uh, but it's, uh, it's a, fun mystery and so full of potential. So again, I look forward to being your partner. And again, thanks for letting me take the chair today.
1: Well, thank you, uh, uh, Carol, for doing that. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope this was interesting. Uh, it, it It's an important question. And it's one that, like a lot of things, deserves a lot more uh, reflection by the public than maybe uh, the, the public is inclined to do um but it is important and so uh carol is going to go back to developing the riverfront for everybody and uh, i'm going to go get some justice Uh, thank you all very much